Welcome to Spew, Spectrum People Enjoying Wizardry. I'm Quirinus, and I have Asperger's Syndrome. I'm Lavender, and my daughter, Abby Kadabi, has nonverbal autism. And I now call this 39th meeting of Spew to order. Lavender. Hello, Quirinus. How are you guys doing? We are pretty good today. How about you? Good. I um spent more money on twisty puzzles. <laughs> okay. I've got like five three by threes and a two by two and a mega minx and a pyraminx and a square one and um this clover thing that I got because shipping was the same price as the amount to get free shipping, so I got a random puzzle and a, a free fidget spinner. I have a whole box full of spinny things. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and I can solve most of them. I had to blow through a lot of my money and get a new fuel tank in my car, so spend on the happy things, queerness. <laughs> <laughs> Birthdays? It's April 1st, so you know whose birthday it is. Uh, the Weasley twins. Yeah, it's Fred and George's birthday. Teddy Lupin is also born in April, but we don't really have a specific date. The timeline is quite fascinating that people know the exact dates are fairly close of like everyone i mean it would have to be like right before the battle of hogwarts like that week almost right i don't remember i guess we'll continue digging <laughs> so what are we talking about today <laughs> well First of all, April 2nd is uh, World Autism Awareness Day, and April is typically Autism Awareness Month, in general. So, yeah, so we wanted to talk about a little bit where that came from, and specifically talking about Autism Speaks and why they are not necessarily the best charity. Uh, so, Autism Awareness Day, specifically, was developed and passed by the UN in 2007. So, okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> cool. Yeah, th th that's fine. But the month of April was then basically just co-opted by Autism Speaks for the whole month, and specifically their Light It Up Blue campaign. And so we're going to talk about them a little bit. The, the main issue with Autism Speaks before we get too far into it, is they use ableist language, uh, such as trying to cure autism or otherwise stigmatize or actually tell you not to accept it. They're, they very much treat it as if it is this monster that has to be cured. Mm -hmm. um, ableism, specifically if you don't know, is favoring able-bodied people over any other kind of disability. And that, yeah, that, that basically sums up why we're not huge fans of Autism Speaks. I'm not a fan at all. 
little bit of history about them. Uh, they were founded in 2005 by Bob Wright, who is the chairman of, or vice chairman of GE, General Electric, and his wife, Suzanne. Uh, they founded it after their grandson was diagnosed, and the goal was to find a cure for what they were calling an epidemic. They were shocked to find out that they couldn't just throw money at it and cure it. <laughs> Sorry. And so... Bernie Marcus, founder of Home Depot, helped establish the organization with a $25 million donation. Then there was a whole bunch of mergers that happened right off the bat. Uh, 2005 with the Autism Coalition for Research and Education, 2006 with the National Alliance for Autism Research, and then in 2007 with Cure Autism Now. All three of these organizations were focused on finding causes, cures, or preventions. So right off the bat, it's very much their focus was not and has never been trying to make life easier for anyone who is working with autism, but purely trying to make it go away. Yeah, just a cure. That's the that's the main goal of all of these is a cure or preventative action to ensure that you or your loved one doesn't get autism anyways, you know? I just kind of want to clarify kind of where I stand on that. The idea of being able to find a preventative measure, great. The focus on a cure is problematic, pointless, and a waste of money. But we're going to go into that a little bit later about some of their preventative measures. Because mm -hmm. they're not cool. Who, buddy. Um, so some of the controversies surrounding the organization, there are very, very few autistic people who have ever worked for the company. Um, there have been in total three board members. The very first board member wasn't until 2009. He joined the Science Advisory Board. His name was John Elder Robinson, and he joined specifically, he wanted to help develop ways to remediate the disabling aspects of autism. So he joined for a good reason, only stayed on for a few years. 2013, he resigned because Susan kept insisting on calling it an epidemic. He said, my words and efforts had no real impact on the beliefs of the actual leadership of the organization. So he had good intentions and he tried. Yes. And then since 2015, there have been two members with autism on the board of directors, uh, Stephen Shore, or Stephen Shore, and Valerie Perdiz. And let's, let's be very clear that they obviously had to be people with, I don't want to say high functioning, but with mild autistic traits, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To even, to even get on the board. So it's not even a very accurate representation of the full spectrum. No. And I think that that's important. They also were strong advocates against vaccines until 2015, mm -hmm. which is five years after the original papers were proven to be faked. So not going to talk about that too much today. But The next kind of fairly large controversy, which I find mild, is their use of the puzzle piece. Um, the puzzle piece is a point of contention. The original creation of the puzzle piece was by the UK National Autistic Society in 1963, and they chose it because a board member said that 
Autistic people suffered from a puzzling condition. Okay. Really? Uh, the meaning has changed slightly over the years, but its meaning continues to be ableist in nature. And while I think the meaning could be better, it's the official meaning just isn't. That being said, the I just want to talk about the logo I designed for the podcast. I was trying really hard to find some way to show our podcast without using the puzzle piece and was having a really hard time. And when I came up with the idea of incorporating it into the Hogwarts crest, it just worked so well that I couldn't not do it. Mm-hmm. It just made sense. It, it does. It just works very well. But that's more because my interpretation has always been more people that are different fitting together and working together to create a whole, Mm -hmm. which I thought is also what the Hogwarts crest did. Now, the color that Autism Speaks specifically uses for the puzzle piece is blue, and they use the color blue in most of their advertising and stuff, and like I said, the Light It Up Blue campaign. The reason they chose blue is because of the idea that it affects boys more than girls. Really? Like, that's it? That is it. And in their, and they still push this idea very strongly in even their newer paperwork and stuff. So people aren't too happy about their choice of blue because that, that is literally the only reason they picked blue. That's dumb. It really is. I think it's believed that autism affects boys more than girls, but because the initial studies were based off the male brain. Mm-hmm. But I mean... It's mainly believed to only be true because of not properly screening everyone equally. Right. And that is it. So there may be other minor factors, uh, especially in like the 80s and 90s. There may have been s- certain factors that may have changed change that but it is it, it is an outdated idea mm-hmm. one of their big problems here is they are advocating and in, in doing things to try to find prenatal detection the problem with this is they are specifically advocating for abortion specifically for eugenics reasons oh wow that literally just like knocked the breath out of my chest yeah, so not not cool. Not yeah, no. <laughs> oh god. Their most recent campaign is the 100-day kit, which is a free kit that you can get that is focused on dealing with the first 100 days after diagnosis. But this kit is problematic for a couple reasons. One is it advocates for blaming basically all family problems on the disease parents are fighting it's because they have an autistic child it also encourages grieving for the child as if they died and actively discourages acceptance i remember we never got a like a first 100 days kid or anything but i remember you know shortly after abby was diagnosed 
and autism speaks, especially back then. You know, it's been eight and a half, almost nine years since we got the diagnosis. But that was one of the, you know, first things on Google that popped up was autism speaks. And I remember reading like an article on their website and it, and it basically said that like autism will, you know, it'll break families apart. It'll cause parents to fight. It'll cause kids to, you know, harm themselves or others. Just like really scary stuff, especially for when you are new to this world. And I remember just shutting the browser down and I, I looked for something else on Google because that was way too much to deal with. Yeah, they're, they're awful. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. <laughs> Another controversy that, um, just kind of one of those controversial things. Um, in 2005, they had a campaign called Autism Cares in which they raised money for Hurricane Katrina victims. And most of the money went to executives. Of course! Because, and I'm sure we're going to go over this later, but most of the money that they do raise for virtually anything, it goes to their executives. None of their money goes towards, like, actually supporting families or people with autism or, like, getting scholarships for these people or services or really any type of help. It just goes towards executives. Why, yes, that is the very next notes that I have here. Go ahead, go ahead. At some point, basically every board member, executive, or president has just received an extra sum of $2 million for whatever reason. In 2012, the breakdown was 36% went to salaries, 25% went to science, 5% went to travel, meals, and entertainment, 4% went to advertising, and 2% went to family services. 2%. 2%. Although, with them specifically, the idea that more of it goes to science than goes to family services makes sense, but most of it goes to the salaries of the various executives and employees. Gross. Which, for a nonprofit, is not how that's supposed to work. Nope. Next, I'm going to talk about some of their ad campaigns. Um, like I said earlier, most of their ad campaigns use stigmatizing language, describing autistic people as aggressive, monsters, soulless, empty shells, burdens on their families, and that it must be cured. In 2009, they had a campaign called I Am Autism, and they got a bunch of musicians involved, they got a bunch of donated footage that they told the parents would shine a light on autism, and this ad featured a scary voice saying things like, I am invisible to you until it's too late. I know where you live. I live there too. I hover around you. I know no religion, no morality, no currency. I speak your language. I work faster than pediatric AIDS and cancer and diabetes combined. And if you're happily married, I will make sure your marriage fails. It's a lot of really scary stuff. A lot of it unprovable nonsense. I will plot to rob your children and your dreams. <laughs> it it did not go over very well. They're literally just preying on parents, I mean, worst fears. I say parent because I'm a parent, but like, on people's worst fears. Yeah. And this isn't their only bad campaign. This is just like the one that is... And the most horrible I just wanted to talk about. Let's let's just be honest, none of their campaigns have been good. No, no. Like, not a single one. No, they, they all very much focus on this 
fear-inducing, creating a stigma that this is something to be absolutely terrified of. Now, there has been a bit of a shakeup in their leadership in 2016. I, I believe they got a new president. The original founders have kind of stepped back a bit. So some of their stuff has refocused a little bit, but not enough to like say, hey, maybe they're not that bad anymore because they're still pretty bad. (laughs) But they did change their mission statement. Uh, Their original mission statement said... We are dedicated to funding global biomedical research into the causes, prevention, treatments, and a possible cure for autism. And then it goes on to other stuff. They've reworked it to remove the word cure. So the new wording is Autism Speaks is dedicated to promote solutions across the spectrum and throughout the lifespan for the needs of individuals with autism and their families through advocacy, support, an increased understanding and acceptance of autism spectrum disorder, and advancing research into causes and better interventions for autism spectrum disorder and related conditions. Autism Speaks enhances lives today and is accelerating a spectrum of solutions for tomorrow. Yeah, so how are they enhancing lives? I do, yeah. And this is where is it? there have been some changes. This, this is a lot of pretty language. Yeah. Speaking of language, they push person-first language, which if you haven't listened to it, we did a whole episode on person-first language and why it's problematic. They actually had like a Twitter and Facebook poll of whether or not you preferred person-first or identity-first language, and it started off because, of course, all of their followers are like parents that agreed that person-first language is good, and as soon as Reddit found out that this was going on, within an hour, it completely flip-flopped and six. 60% of the votes said identity first language was the preferred method and well autism speaks didn't do anything with that information and continued to push for person first language they also heavily lobby for aba therapy which i know you said that your experience with aba therapy is it's not negative reinforcement no it's very much quite the opposite so what i found is that it, it that aba is a very strict regimen of negative reinforcement so i don't know where the disconnect is or if there's different versions of it or if it's kind of changed through the years but this is the specific version that they advocate for and this negative reinforcement includes shock therapy and they have partnered with the judge rottenberg center which is the only resident care facility that still uses shock therapy and they are very proud of this my stomach literally just turned no no i mean in every aba you know center or therapy that we've ever been involved with no it's it's positive reinforcement i mean if she if abby you know sits down for one minute because that that's a goal you know just (laughs) sit down for one minute (laughs) and you know draw a letter then she gets a positive reinforcer you know what I mean? And yeah. then if she does that five times in a row, then she gets a really big enforcer. Then she can have a Reese's cup or whatever, you know. 
I don't even know how negative reinforcement would, like, how would that be helpful? What? It's not. (laughs) And I mean, let me just go ahead and say that I understand that ABA therapy is, it's still very much a hot topic in the autism community and it's heavily debated. And I can see, I can see both sides and I can see why some people wouldn't like it. But if I ever felt that Abby was unhappy in even the smallest way, or if she was being mistreated, of course we would not continue it. I mean, I think that that's all I can say, but right now she loves it. We love it. And it's really had a positive impact on her. Maybe we've just been lucky and had really awesome therapists. Shock therapy. It is 2021. Moving on, they've had some mascots over the years. Their very first global autism ambassador was Yoko Ono, which I, I, I don't understand. And Like the Yoko Ono? Yes. Uh, it, I, uh, why? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really, I, I don't know. From 2009 to 2020, their mascot was Wubsy from Wow Wow Wubsy. And then starting in 2020, they partnered with Sesame Street and their current mascot is Julia, who ad campaigns are unfortunately associated with this 100-day kit, which this led to the Autism Self-Advocacy Group cutting ties with Sesame Street. Oh, really? This is, yeah, this is just sad. Why you do this, Sesame Street? We love Julia. Some kind of just side stories that I found. Back in 2008, a 14-year-old member of Aspies for Freedom, who is just known as Kelly, created a website called Neurotypical Speak, and it was a parody advocating for similar interventions for neurotypical behaviors. Autism Speak's threatened to sue for $90,000. The suit was dropped, though, when they discovered her age, and then instead just demanded that the source code is destroyed and that she hand over the domain. Wow, what trash. (laughs) Which is is bullying, because, yeah, this is this is parody. It's there. Yeah, it's protected. But Companies come after parodies all the time, and it's just easier to give in than to try to fight it, and that's why they do it. They've actually done this several times over the years, coming after various parody websites, although a lot of times they, like, use their actual logos, and that doesn't work. You can't do that. Um, I found this story around 2013 or 2014, a woman who is either newly diagnosed or recently found out that she might be on the spectrum, took her son to a disabilities fair to get more information about possibly having her son diagnosed, and the rep from Autism Speaks told her, you should not have bread, we do not need any more people with autism, what is wrong with you? And she tried to, like, get a hold of their support line and stuff and they hung up on her and yeah of course and then william shatner people he 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 supports them and donates to them and anytime someone tries to explain to him why he shouldn't support them he blocks them and has called them brainwashed liars and has even sent them harassing DMs and um, called papers from the autistic self-advocacy group Propaganda. What? (laughs) William Shatner, people. See, I like, there's reasons I like Patrick Stewart better. (laughs) I like Patrick Stewart. Of course. He's perfect. (laughs) I also got some information about some alternatives. So, an alternative to the puzzle piece is the Rainbow Infinity Loop. 
Most other organizations use this logo. It is not anywhere as recognizable as the puzzle piece. So it's... I don't know how to feel about it. Just because the puzzle piece is so iconic and recognizable that it works. And that Rainbow Infinity Loop, I, most people probably have no idea what it is. Alternatives to Autism Awareness Day. So a lot of people advocate for Autism Acceptance Month. Basically changing the name of it and advocating for acceptance over awareness. Other holidays include June 18th as Autism Pride Day. August 8th as Autism Dignity Day, and November 1st as Autistic Speaking Day. Okay. Alternatives to the Light It Up Blue campaign is hashtag Red Instead, which I've heard of this one, and then hashtag Tone It Down Tope, which uses gold light bulbs, which I've not heard of. I like Tone It Down Tope. Uh, Because of these two campaigns, I guess red and gold are just kind of in general used as color alternatives to blue and then alternative organizations to donate to in general or to work with or whatever the autistic self-advocacy network and also autistic women and non-binary network are both organizations that have majority board members on the spectrum are against pseudoscience and abuse They do not advocate for treatments or cures. We're both actually founded by autistic people. And the majority of these funds actually go to the needs of autistic people. I think I mentioned a couple other organizations as we're talking as well. So there's better organizations to work with who actually have our needs in mind and not treat us like monsters. So, yeah. And... We're going to take a quick break, and then I'm going to ask you the trivia question when we come back. Okay. This is Jeffrey, the financial advisor for Spew at Gringotts Bank. And now we return to Spew. Alright. Trivia question is, in Half-Blood Prince, who is the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher? Slughorn, Snape, Umbridge, or Dumbledore? In which book? Half-Blood Prince. In Half-Blood Prince? Um, Slughorn. No, it's Snape. Oh, why did I read this wrong? <laughs> I specifically, th- that's the reason why I, I wanted to do this when we came back, is I wanted to catch you off guard with it. You did. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Because I came across this question and I almost said Slughorn and then I'm going, no, Snape. And I'm going, oh, that's good. Because it's not really a trivia question. It's just a catch you off guard question. And it did. All right. Moving on to the Daily Prophet, we got some some Harry Potter news. In not news and rumors, more rumors that the Warner Brothers is having a hard time to get Emma Watson to return as Hermione. I, again, th- th- there's nothing to back up that Warner Brothers is actually trying to cast anything, and there's no proof that Emma Watson is taking this retirement like people keep saying. And also there's rumors that Warner Brothers is working on a standalone Hermione film starring Emma Watson. So, <laughs> yeah, that, th- those two rumors don't contradict each other at all. Tom Felton actually teamed up with Peacock to do a live stream of the full watch through of Sorcerer's Stone. So that happened. Hogwarts Legacy, we've got a couple updates. First off, l- the lead designer... Troy Leavitt, 
who had some backlash last month over his anti-feminist YouTube channel, has resigned. In other news, information about the character creation system has come out, and this character creation system is going to allow you to fully customize the shape, appearance, and voice of the character completely independently of each other and not be tied to any gender choice. There will be a choice of witch or wizard, but this will only be used to determine what pronouns are used in dialogue and what dormitory your character will stay in. Huh. Okay. 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 I like it. Yes. Uh, Fantastic Beasts 3 has wrapped filming and has started post-production. There have been more comments about Joanne's issues. (laughs) (laughs) Good way of putting it. (laughs) Patrick Rothfuss, who is the author of the Kingkiller Chronicle, said, I don't have a lifelong love of her creation. I thought Harry Potter was pretty nice, but honestly, I had real problems with her books before it became fashionable to hate on her. Some of J.K. Rowling's politics are deeply problematic. Given the reach of her books, I felt for a long time, especially because they were targeted towards children, I just never felt like she was a very ethical storyteller. She never really seemed to think about the long-term consequences of some of the things that she included. He then went on to very specifically just kind of talk about the house system and how just divide children into groups based on their personalities and how problematic that is. And yeah. All right. I like it. Ralph Fiennes said, I can't understand the vitriol directed at her. I can understand the heat of the argument, but in this age of accusation, the need to condemn irrationally, I find the level of hatred that people express about the views that differ from theirs and the violence of language towards others disgusting. This is, I do agree with him, but he ends up calling this views that differ, which I find most of the people that are going in this direction of saying that the violence and stuff directed at her being problematic they always fall onto this the views that differ or acting as if this is just a difference of opinion and i think these are mainly older people that are saying this i i just don't think they realize or understand that this isn't about just a difference of opinion but the fact that she is using hate language and inaccurate fallacies to create a narrative that fits her and that's the problem Hmm. rupert grant gave a interview to esquire and he had to say i am hugely grateful for everything that she's done i think that she's extremely talented and i mean clearly her works are genius but yeah i also think you can have huge respect for someone and still disagree with them on things like that i think to stay silent would have spoke. Sometimes silence is even louder. I feel like I had to because I think it was important to. He also acknowledged that he is not an authority on the subject and his decision to speak up against her was out of kindness and respecting people. Hmm. I think that's the best way he could have said that, honestly. Yeah. Well, and I think out of like the big six, he was the last one to actually come out and say anything and he came out with like a one sentence statement. And I think everything he just said here just kind of sums that up perfectly of he didn't think he was any kind of authority on the subject. So that's kind of why he didn't say much about it. 
because there really wasn't much to say. Mm-hmm. He also talked about how suffocating it was to film all eight films and uh, that it was basically every day for 10 years. Great experience, such a nice kind of family atmosphere, but there were definitely times where he wanted to do something else. Again, not new information. Right. Some new news. Theater Battery, which is a theater group out of Kent, Washington, in their downtime, have started releasing a 10-episode series of 10-minute-long Lego stop-motion films entitled Lego Harry Potter and the Transgender Witch. <laughs> it's. I, I watched the first episode. At first, it was... It was slightly cringy, and then, like, the story kind of evolved, and the way it's written is actually quite good, and they they hit topics in a surprisingly realistic, simple fashion. Also, the animation is quite good. It's visually very well done. Okay, I might have to check that out. Tom Felton created a TikTok duet so that he could ask fans to play Draco. And he also shared a picture of him and Emma Watson and Alfred Enoch, who played Dean Thomas, just doing homework. I feel like Tom Felton is going to ride this Draco train until he dies. <laughs> Bless him. It's like everyone else is trying to like hide from this and trying to do other work or like Rupert just try to hide from the spotlight altogether. But Tom Felton's just like... Yeah, I was Draco. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, I kind of watched a little like two minute, you know, Facebook documentary on it. And he tried to start a music career and he did act in a couple other things. But his music career didn't really take off. And so now he's just like, yeah, I was Draco. <laughs> in autism news, music didn't win a Golden Globe. <laughs> Borat did apparently, which is which is okay. much more deserved. Uh, okay. Um, Tina Fey and o Amy Poehler hosted, and they said music is nominated for best international flopperoonie. <laughs> yeah, I love it when Tina Fey and Amy Poehler host anything. It's always a good show. Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood is debuting an autistic character named Max on April fifth. Uh, he is voiced by Israel Thomas Bruce, who is 13 and was diagnosed with, at age 4. Um, and they worked with University of Missouri's Dr. Wes Dotson to develop the character. So We are super excited for this in my household. We love Daniel Tiger. And also, Crip Camp, the documentary that we covered last month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Crip Camp got nominated for a Oscar. But yeah, Crip Camp was nominated, and I'm super proud and happy about that. Even though, of course, I had no <laughs> nothing to do with Crip Camp. It just makes me happy. Yeah. If you would like to join our conversation, this month we're going to be covering first little part of Deathly Hallows. Uh, you can join our conversation by sending us some owl mail at spewcast at gmail.com. Or you can send us a howler by sending us a voicemail there, clicking the link in the description, or giving us a call in the U.S. at 407-706-SPEW. That's 407-706-7739. You can also check out our website at spewpod.uk. We're on Twitter, at Spectrum People is our handle. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash spewcast, Instagram and TikTok, 
Instagram handle is at SpewPod, and our TikTok handle is at SpewCast. As always, we'd like to thank Joan Burr for our theme music. And until next time, I'm Queerness. And I'm Lavender. And as Luna Lovegood says, don't worry, you're just as sane as I am. Bye. Thank you.